Welcome to this edition of The Biz, the Business Integrity School, your resource for practical tips from a business ethics pro who's been there. I'm Cindy Mooring, the founder and executive chair of the Business Integrity Leadership Initiative at the Sam and Walton College of Business. Joining me today is Dr. Matt Waller, Dean of the Walton College. Cindy, last time we talked about why business ethics is failing in industry and why it's needed in business schools. And you mentioned these six principles. You've told me about them. Would you uh, mind, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. So um, part of making business ethics understandable for our stakeholders is to make sure that it's very practical in how we talk about it. And part of making it practical is breaking it down into its most basic and I'd say simple form so that people and uh, leaders and business can find their true north and organize all of this noise in a way that makes sense. And then they can deal with it, right? right. So there are these, these principles that um, a professor at Georgetown, uh, John Hosness, he teaches in the, in the McDonough School of Business there, and also a, an attorney teaches at the law school. He really picked up on that Harvard Business Review article that we talked about last time yeah. and took a stab at um, then recognizing what he found were basically five um, business ethics principles that just exist in business today just implicitly have right. existed. There's another one I think needs to be added, um, and he agrees these five aren't all there is, but these five are implicit, and we'll talk about a sixth one with technology today that, that okay. needs to be added to that list. And that sixth one you came up with through dialogue with Mary Lassie, Yes, right? with Mary, yeah. She's one of the members of the Academic Advisory Board and um, works in the, uh, the Blockchain Center and well-known professor in the information systems area, but with technology so pervasive in society today, we just didn't feel like it was one that, that um, could avoid being recognized. Well, you know, these principles seem like a great idea because as a leader, part of the purpose of a leader is to set direction. That's right. And if you adopt these principles or some form of them, mm -hmm. then you're setting the direction towards ethical uh, behavior in the organization. That's right. So let's start with the first one. Sure. So the first one is remembering that everyone has then an alienable right and responsibility to use their own voice. So you've got to speak up. Essentially saying, my boss told me to do it is it's never going to cut the mustard. That's just not going to be an okay answer. I mean, you saw that in the, in the, in the news just recently with the Astros and, you know, with the sign-stealing scheme they had for the 2017 World Series, their shortstop, actually, um, Carreras, said just recently in the paper that they all knew. They all knew. The whole team knew that it was going on, and any of them had the opportunity to speak up. But the reason they didn't. But, Cindy, it's, it's dangerous to speak up, isn't it? I mean... You might get fired, you might not get promoted, you may be sort of uh, pushed out of the inner circle, if you will. Yeah, yeah. So there are ways, there are strategies, that's a whole other series we'll of, talk of topics that, that we, can, we can talk about. But yeah, the, the fear of retaliation is one of the main reasons that people don't speak up. So you have to figure out how can you overcome that fear of retaliation because um, it is real. It is definitely real. But now they're walking around with World Series championship rings, and I'm not sure that anybody really right. believes that they should have that ring. <laughs> well, you know, I think with these principles, as we said, you know, it's helpful for leadership because it's a way for a leader to clearly set direction. That's right. But 
In addition to that, leaders have to gain alignment. They have to get people on board. And so you, you would have to get people on board with these principles right. in order to actually be able to move forward. Right. And they seem very reasonable. There's none of them that seem unreasonable. Yeah, I mean, so the second one is avoid fraud and improper deceit. So the first thing that comes to mind there would be like the Wells Fargo situation. I mean, you, you had, just call it what it is, it was fraud and improper deceit because they were opening accounts for customers that never asked for those accounts to be opened. So they were doing it without the consent of the customers and sending them credit cards that they never asked for. So avoiding fraud and improper deceit sounds great in principle, but pressures of business can cause that to, to creep in in ways that you might not expect. And it's not that you have a bunch of bad apples, it's just, Decisions get made because they're not aware, mm -hmm. really, of dealing with a situation, and then it's one step and another step and another step, and before you know it, you've you've gone so far that it actually is fraud and improper deceit. And again, I think leaders have to be so aware of this. So what's yeah. the third one? So the third one is respecting everyone's autonomy. So essentially, that means there are no second-class citizens in, in, in a business uh, relationship. So that really brings to life the whole Me Too movement and a lot of what we've heard about lately with sexual harassment in the workplace and, and discrimination. So that's really what that principle is all about, is respecting everyone's autonomy. Now, with the Me Too movement, I know I've seen a timeline of what will happen with that. Right. But um, that clearly was disrespecting their autonomy. Yes. At what point do you think people started to realize that's what was going on? That's a great question. I think it's a, it's a, my, my own personal opinion is, is it's been known that it's been going right. on for a long yeah. time. The question is whether or not they were gonna, someone was gonna speak up about it and whether or not they were gonna be heard and be believed. And I think we finally hit a tipping point um, in about 2017, when the whole kind of hashtag Me Too movement started yeah. with Harvey Weinstein, and and then the thing just exploded with a number of um, big stars in, in um, the entertainment industry primarily, but not just there. It, it's it's definitely bled over to the business world as well, and we'll talk more about that in some of the upcoming episodes. And it's another example of why leaders need to make sure that people recognize that they can speak up. That's right. Safely. Safely, right. So the fourth one, what's the fourth one? So the fourth one is making sure that you honor all the terms of your contract, both the explicit and the implicit terms of your contract for any of the products or services that you have to offer. And that one may sound like, well, of course, like, you know, who wouldn't do that? Well, what comes to mind for me on that one is, is Boeing. I mean, just, Cut it right down to its most basic point. Boeing had a responsibility to make safe planes. And yeah. they didn't make safe planes, and that was the basic implied term of their contract Absolutely. with us. We're the flying public. Same with airlines. And with the airlines and, and with the pilots. Southwest. And, yeah. You know, Southwest didn't have an accident, but you know, Southwest has this tremendous cultural history. Mm -hmm. They've got one of the best cultures in the industry. Mm -hmm. But their planes had flown I don't know how many passengers, but it was a large number yeah. without maintenance verification yeah. that was required. Yes. And it was simply a lapse. It was a lapse. Now, the FAA did, did contribute to that um, yeah. particular oh, situation by yeah, allowing, allowing kind of this long period of time in order for Southwest to, to get their maintenance records in place. But the question I have there is, 
should Southwest have really relied on that low bar when they're known as a company that typically goes above and beyond to meet the customer's you expectations? You wouldn't expect that they would. You, you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Because so. you, we, because their culture is so right. phenomenal. Exactly. And their leadership is so phenomenal. We yeah. wouldn't. We would think, yeah, of course they probably go above, above and, and beyond, beyond <laughs> right. what the FAA requires. Right. So what's the the next one? Yeah, so the next one is refrain from um, physical coercion or threat of physical harm. Basically, it's no forced labor. And that one, you know, the other one you may think, well, that's obvious, honor the terms of your contract. This one, no forced labor, I think some people think, really? Yeah, we really? don't have any of that. We don't have any of that. Actually, we do here, still in the United States, which we'll we'll talk about and get into in the future. But it's it's definitely still prevalent in some of the developing countries, and it is a it's a real challenge for big companies who have several steps in their supply chain and don't have direct relationships with all of those suppliers um, to have visibility through their entire supply chain and make sure that there is no forced labor. But the, the tech companies in, in particular are facing that and we'll talk about that with um, um, some of the minerals that they're trying to mine. Yeah, and, and even recently uh, a Chinese company was blacklisted by the U.S. Mm -hmm because they were using laborers from North Korea. Mm -hmm. And North Korea is known to sell uh, right. laborers their labor. mm -hmm. um, or lease them out. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and they got blacklisted. So that means that all of their assets in the United States are frozen. That's right. And no U.S. company can do business with them. That's right. But, um, but the other thing is uh, with some of the new technologies coming online, like uh, blockchain technologies, mm -hmm. together with Internet of Things kinds of technologies and yeah. sensors, yep. I think eventually it will get easier. But companies are resistant a little bit to this kind of transparency as well. But I think if they thought through the implications of it, they might not be. That's right. That's right. So that'll be a challenge. And then the last one is really the principle about uh, technology and making sure that technology is pervasive in our lives today. And so it just makes sense that we think about technology in a way that is explainable and that's going to be transparent. I think people have a real fear about machines kind of taking over the world and not understanding how decisions get made. So. Um, that's really the sixth principle, is making sure that algorithms, when they are used, are explainable and are transparent so that the decisions that occur um, through the use of artificial intelligence is understandable to those who are using it. I look forward to talking about that. That's a really interesting one. I'm glad you added that to the list. Yeah, it is very interesting and timely. Thanks for listening to today's episode of The Biz, the Business Integrity School. You can find us on YouTube, Google SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and rate us. And you can find us by searching The Biz. That's one word, T-H-E-B-I-S. Tune in next time for more practical tips from a pro.